This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, it is. Feels good to sit in this seat. Hat tip to Larry and Gordon for doing the honors from 7 to 10, passing over the baton. Ty Butler going until midnight tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's get these phone lines popping at 800-919-3776 on Twitter at Ty D. Butler. Instagram as well. Just a couple of quick scoreboard updates for you. The Nets lose to the Timberwolves. Why is that important? It means the Knicks are now locked into the number five seed. Nothing to worry about there. So you wonder if Tom Thibodeau and company will elect to rest starters the rest, not the rest of the way, but you know, find ways to get them some rest ahead of the playoffs. Uh, because of the Nets losing tonight, it means Miami, who won tonight, just a game back in back of them as far as the playing game is concerned. So Brooklyn's still with a lot to play for. The Sixers right now up late in this game against the Celtics, up by one. Why is that important? Because the Cavs still have a a shot at catching them for number three in the Eastern Conference. So we are inching closer to a Knicks-Cavs first-round matchup, which would be exciting for a bevy of reasons, not the least of which being Donovan Mitchell against the team that should have traded for him. But the Cleveland Cavaliers still have an outside shot at getting that number three seed pending results tonight in Philadelphia and what the Cavs do the rest of the way. But... Before we even get to that ridiculous take from Mike Tannenbaum earlier today, which, you know, we have to talk about that, the Aaron Rodgers thing. And I love Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, But what he said was asinine. Before we even get there, we got to start with the baseball. If you're leaving Yankee Stadium, you watched the Bombers lose for just the second time this season. 4-1 was the final score in the Bronx. Domingo Herman pitched okay, but couldn't make it out of the fifth inning. In came Michael King, and he was not able to hold on to those inherited runners and prevent them from scoring. So the final line on Domingo Herman: four and two-thirds innings pitch, four earned runs, eight strikeouts in his first start of the season. The Yankee offense, for the first time all year, quiet. They had scored five-plus runs in each of their first four games for the first time since doing that in 2003. But tonight, I mean, when you throw out there Donaldson, Hicks, and IKF back-to-back-to-back, what can you expect? And we'll start there because uh, when you have the start to the season that that the Yankees have had, winning three of their first four games, not a lot to complain about. So they lose tonight, fall to 3-2 and two on the season. It's early. You don't want to panic. You don't want to go nuts. But we do need an explanation as to why Aaron Hicks is getting in the game back-to-back days. So for, for those keeping score at home, Hicks, who was just dumbfounded by the idea that he wasn't an everyday player, so far to start the season, oh for 7, three strikeouts. And we know he's not the same player defensively. What is it that the Yankees see in him? Is it just the contract? I heard Gordon joking about it because a caller brought up the analytics part of it. He's like, no, the only analytic you got to pay attention pay attention to when it comes to Aaron Hicks is it anything about slugging percentage? Is it anything about you know batting average of balls put in play? It's about the fact that he has three years left on that contract that the Yankees gave him, a contract that certainly is not aging well. But uh, the Brian Cashman special of uh, the trio of Hicks, IKF, and Donaldson went a combined 0 for 10 tonight. And Donaldson came to the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning. Runners are in first and second with a chance to tie the game with one swing. And I know you're going to find this shocking. Did not come through in the clutch. He popped out to first base. And the Yankees suffer their second loss of the season. So, again, 
If you're leaving the stadium and you want to react to this, hit us up on the phones, 800-919-3776. It's early, but you you have every right to be annoyed with just running back what failed last year. And look, you have the injury to Harrison Bader, so in some ways it compromises uh, what you can do in the out, in the outfield. Uh, so IKF is going to get some play out there. Stanton's going to get more burn. Judge, you saw him play center field. Cabrera's got to be in the lineup. I mean, he earned it last year, earned it this year. I I want no parts of Aaron Hicks. The contract cannot be the reason why we continue to run him out there. And, and one of the worst things that happened to Aaron Hicks outside of his lack of production is the fact that the Yankees parted with Joey Gallo last year because we know that was the guy who, who all the fans w- were just frustrated with. So anytime they lost a game, whether he played or not, it was going to be aimed, the ire was going to be aimed in the direction of Joey Gallo, who, as Don put it perfectly on, on the case show, just wasn't a major league player last year. Wasn't a major league player. So now Aaron Hicks is going to fill that void of a guy we look to every time the Yankees lose a game. As long as he's in the lineup, he, he's going to get the smoke. There is no, we, we have four years of evidence that this guy is not a starter. He, he, he is not a starter for a team that is looking to contend for a championship. Stop running him out there. It, 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 it's it's crazy to me, and 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 this was Aaron Boone yesterday when asked about uh, whether Hicks has told him he's frustrated. A little bit. I mean, we've we've had our conversations, but again, I'll go back to like I feel like the last couple of weeks of spring training, I feel like he was doing a lot of really good things on both sides of the ball. So you know, the bottom line is that continue to play like I know he's capable of, and earn more and more opportunities. And but there are competition for those things right now. And here was Boone, or again, this is yesterday, the Yankees game just ended, so we haven't heard from Boone yet. We will, uh, but here was Aaron Boone, the Yankees skipper, on his, his Hicks' role moving forward. The role can evolve and change, and you know the biggest thing is I want him to be ready for every opportunity. From my standpoint, trying to put him in positions where I feel like he can impact us and be the most successful, so try and communicate ahead of time that you know he's in there or he's not things like that but I don't want to also tell him you're in a reserve role here because that's not the reality I mean the reality is you know our roster continues to you know evolve and change a little bit we'll eventually get Harrison back and you lose a guy here and and a role changes like that so I try and communicate ahead of time as much as I can with what I'm thinking and the role right now is you know just be ready to go yeah be ready to go uh, every like three weeks because he's should not be in the lineup. We we have four years of evidence. He batted 216 last year, and part of me respects him coming out and saying he feels like he should be in there every day. But it, in addition to saying that, because look, he's a competitor. He wants to help the team in any way he can. That should be articulated. I want to be in there every day, but I, I certainly haven't put the manager in position to, to, to pencil me in just because I haven't performed up to what the expectations are. That, that's simply what it is. And the Josh Donaldson trade, uh, what, what an awful trade that was, and they're going to sell us on how great he is defensively. I watched him all year long when he struggled, pimping home runs out of the box, and the playoffs couldn't come through. I, I'm, I'm done watching Josh Donaldson. Unfortunately, he, he's, he's got the big contract. There's nowhere to move him. He's got to play. 
But I, I would love it. I, I would love it if we could have Donaldson and Hicks both on the bench. That's just me being honest. 800-919-3776. Look, the reality is the Yankees are a top-heavy team, which is fine. That's where most of your power is going to come from, and you know, most lineups are, are are going to have their offense generated from the top part of it. But from the standpoint of the bottom of the order giving you absolutely nothing, you had Hicks, Kainafalefa, and Higashioka go 0 for 9, and throwing Donaldson, that's 0 for 13. Volpe had a hit today. It's his first hit since Saturday. So he continues to, you know, get his feet wet. But when the bottom of the year lineup is going to give you zero to no production, it's going to be hard to win games. So the Phillies win their first game of the season. They improve to one and four. Yankees drop to three and two. We're reacting to that. 800-919-3776. Let's start in New Jersey with Frank. What's up, Frank? What do you got? Hey, what's going on, Ty? How are you? Doing well, man. Talk to me. Listen, I I said as soon as I saw the lineup come out yesterday, I said Aaron Boone is trying to Yankees. <laughs> but uh, instead, tonight, he said, you know what? I, I'm going to one-up myself. I'm going to put both IKF and Hicks out in the outfield. Yeah. Not I, great, I don't know what I don't know I don't know what is worse. The fact that Boone or whoever it is in the front office is making these decisions on this lineup we're rolling out. Or the fact that Cashman is giving them these pieces and these are the guys he's got to work with. Like, you're telling me that, that you would rather have these guys out there than anyone else that we have to offer? Like, it, it doesn't make sense to me that he looks at this lineup and says, yes, this is a game in, in the fifth game of the year that we're going to try and win by rolling out this lineup. Yeah. And I, I, I know... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Let me. I'll let you finish. I, I was going to say, Boone said the other day that he is not necessarily looking at, oh, guys need a day off this early on, but more that he needs to get other guys in the lineup because you don't know when you're going to need them. you got to keep those guys fresh. Uh, I did some research, Ty. <laughs> Listen, let, man, let I, I know it. you're a Yankees fan. Let me hear I, it. I looked back. At the 1998 team, love okay? it. Okay, Paul O'Neill, every single game batted third. Derek Jeter, every single game batted second. Chuck Knobloch, every single game batted first. Tino and Bernie Williams flip flop between fourth and fifth all year. They rolled out the same lineup every single day. This team, last year, they had the most lineups they ran was three times they ran out the same lineup. This year already, we have a different lineup every single game. How do you expect players to get any kind of consistency if you're rolling out someone different every day? And don't tell me Aaron Hicks can cry about it to get his way in the lineup. Yeah, you, you can't bat two twelve and expect to be in there every day. It's a great point. I, I, I don't believe it. It's a great phone call, and I appreciate it, Frank. A part of why the Yankees had to roll out as many lineups as they did last year uh, came because of injuries. You know, they they had a ton of them: Benintendi and Lemayhew and Stanton. Uh, so there was a lot of a, a lot of that last year. You know, Rizzo dealing with the back. 
But to your point, it's like, what's the algorithm that they use that you know, spits out? Let's go Hicks, IKF, Higashioka, Volpe. And then Donaldson preceding Hicks. And I get Volpe's going to bat lower in the lineup because you want to have as, as little pressure on him as possible. It's his inaugural season. You want to make him feel comfortable. You want to allow him to grow and develop and mature while contending, which is you know pretty hard to do. But the Yankees, because of the talent around him, are, are in a good spot to do it. It's just, man, the thing that struck me as I'm watching that ninth inning was first and second, two outs, tying run is at the plate. Rizzo. On the bench, available to pinch hit. Why is he not coming in for Donaldson? That is the perfect spot to bring Anthony Rizzo in. Why was he not pitch, pinch hitting for Donaldson? Lefty, short porch against a right-hander in Craig Kimbrell. Why was he not in the game? In favor of Donaldson, who we know at this advanced age can't get it done. And please don't give me that you won the MVP. That's almost a decade ago. It's almost a decade ago. So, So we have to stop that. I'm annoyed, but it's early in the season. 800-919-3776. We'll get to your baseball calls here from Aaron Boone a little bit later. The Mets, got to talk about them as well because, I mean, listen, anybody aware on the Mets what the expectations are? We'll talk about that coming up next. Ty Butler going until midnight right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Big NBA game going on right now that I'm watching on my TV screen. Sixers up 103-101 with two seconds left in the fourth quarter. Embiid's got 52-13-6. Could be putting the final touches on his first MVP and coming out of, not nowhere, but Jokic just like a month ago was a heavy favorite. And Bede's been putting on a show in Philadelphia. The Sixers. In his face. (laughs) Sixers looking to grab that number three seed and have a date with either the Heat or the Nets in the first round. Speaking of the Nets, they they lost tonight. So they've got just a one-game lead over Miami. Knicks locked into the five seed. Cavs. Four seed could be moving up depending on what they do the rest of the way. And this is a, a pivotal moment in this Celtics-Sixers game because if the Sixers lose, the Cavs would just be two games back in the loss column. Tidy Butler on Twitter and Instagram, 800-919-3776. We will get to the basketball. I see you guys want to talk some Nets and Knicks. Uh, but we're talking baseball right now. Yankees losing to the Phillies. Final score, 4-1. to one. It was an ugly game for the bottom of that order. I just can't figure out why we're still putting Hicks in the outfield, but uh, maybe we'll get an explanation from Aaron Boone after the game. Let's go to Massachusetts where we talk to Robbie. What's up? Ty, I just want to tell you something. You know, as a Yankee fan, I mean, I've been wearing Yankee books and books for 53 years. So much oh, your line's, your line's going in. Robbie, can we get to I'm a, a – yeah. I need you to get to a better spot because your line's going in and out. Let me hear you. Sorry about that. What's yeah, up? I hear you. I hear you. Well, I'm just saying, you know, why the hell is Rizzo not hitting for, for, for Donaldson there? Can you please that's explain a, that to me? That's what Can I want. Can you please explain that to me? I mean, all right, maybe it brings the left-hander. And who you want up in a clutch situation? You want Donaldson who stinks or you want Rizzo? And you got a short porch in Yankee State. Why, Rizzo can't hit a lefty? I mean, is Aaron Boone for real? Does he think Yankee fans are that stupid? This guy is so antiseptic. Oh, Judge can't play tonight? Why? Because he's playing tomorrow, too. He's got he's to be DH. So you have IKF in center field, Higashioka and Hicks. 
and Dallas. Who, who, who does Brian Cashman think he's fooling here? We're more educated than that. We're the most educated fans in all of baseball. This is the garbage you want to put out for the payroll. That that they're. Uh, I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Come on. Yeah. Why, why do I have? Why can't I see Rizzo two games? It was the first baseman, the fifth <laughs> game of the season. You're resting guys already based upon the fact that it's a left-handed pitcher who's basically a fifth starter, and he blew away the Yankees and made them look ridiculous tonight. Yeah, I mean, man. there's no athletic, there's no athleticism on this team. You know what? Honestly, I swear to God, and this is the honest truth. I would rather see a step taken backwards. I'd rather see Jason Dominguez here and and, and, and Peraza here, and I'd rather see these veteran guys gone because they're past their prime, and, and the Yankees organization thinks they're fooling themselves if you think that all of a sudden Josh Donaldson is going to return to his MVP form, okay? Who the hell do they think we're fooling, man? We're, I mean, they make us they think we're stupid. So I would rather see them take a step backwards, bring the kids up, let them play, let play. You know, Cashman actually build the team and the core players because the Houston Astros stopped on our ass last year and laughed in our field, and George has turned over in his grave. I mean, it's ridiculous. Anyway, thanks for letting me rant, man. <laughs> I do a radio show up here, and I, I was on today, but I didn't go through it like this, man. So I was gonna let you, I was gonna let you keep going. I appreciate the call well, from Massachusetts. Yeah. So here's the thing: I, I I am as frustrated as you are about a couple things. Not the fact that they lost. It's early in the season. They're three and two. But this this allegiance to Aaron Hicks, who was moping around, talking to the athletic, wondering why he's not in the lineup, as if the last four years he hasn't been injury prone, as if last year he didn't hit 216, and as if to start the season he's not 0 for 7 with three strikeouts. Aaron Hicks, there's a large enough sample size. You are not a starter for a, a team that is serious about winning the championship. That's point number one. I don't. I don't understand why there's a hesitation to you know to stash him on the bench. The 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 resting this early in the season. I, I, every year, this is a contentious debate. Why why is it happening? It's just what they do. It's what the organization has decided it, it is best for them in the long run. We can sit here and argue and pout about it, but nothing is going to change. However, the one thing I will disagree with you about. Let's put things into perspective. We all say we'd rather take a step back, bring up the young kids until the Yankees in an unprecedented fashion are 10 games under 500 in June, and then you want everyone fired, you want the team sold. That's not exactly what you want. That's not actually what you want. What you want is to see a team out there capable of beating the Astros because that's the lens we are going to view this season through the entirety of the way. And which is, it spoils it to some degree because you want to be able to enjoy it, even though those two things can happen simultaneously. You can enjoy the season while wondering if they're good enough to beat the Astros. And then when you're when you're sending, you know, Donaldson, Hicks, IKF, Higashioka as your as your five through eight, that's not going to get it done. But again, once Harrison Bader comes back, that that sends Hicks to the bench. And, you know, Rizzo was resting tonight, so that's another guy in your lineup who you feel is going to get it done. He had a home run last night. Why, why is he resting the day after hitting a home run? That's so frustrating. So I, I understand it. I, I understand it. But don't just, just, Robbie, don't give me the play the kids, take a step back, because you, you want that until it actually happens, and then you realize, no, this is dreadful. I don't know what this is as a Yankee fan. We had to Elizabeth to talk to Richard. What's up, Richard? Hey, what's up, man? Uh... Uh, just uh, want to say, um, hope you're having a good night and everything. Thank you. I just man. wanted to talk about. I just wanted to talk about, like, realistically, what, like, how bad are these players? Like, Aaron Hicks can't hit a beach ball with a guitar. Mm-hmm. That's one. 
IKF is like the kid when when you used to play little league that like you, it's two outs and you already know he's gonna get out, so you start putting on like your glove <laughs> and stuff, and you, you just right. And then Josh Donaldson is just up there chopping wood, like he's just literally like he. I don't even understand like his approach. That's one thing. Then the thing about Aaron Boone, like what does what do Aaron Boone and Cashman do like in these meetings and stuff? I'm convinced that they just watch reruns of Seinfeld or something because. <laughs> It, it doesn't. It really doesn't add up at all. Like it, it really feels like we've had the same team for like six years, and I've been hearing the same complaints for like the last. I don't even know. It's, it's just as a Yankee fan that cried in 2004. Like my wife left me when I was nine years old. It's really just getting like. It's, I don't even really care about the Yankees anymore. It's really just. It's not even like a fun a fun topic anymore. You know what I mean? Well, listen. I appreciate the call, Richard. It's funny. I I remember last year. I was producing a show for for Dave Rothenberg on a Saturday morning, and a Yankee fan called up and said that he vaguely remembers the last time they won a championship because he was he was so young, and it, it it just dawned on me how crazy it is that there is a generation of Yankee fans who vaguely remember the last time they won a championship. That that's just hard to believe. You've got, what, one title in the last 22 years? So there's a generation of fans don't really know the Yankees that, that, that we know or that your, your, your parents knew or your grandparents knew. Again, keeping things into perspective, it's one loss. We don't want to go nuts, act crazy about what just happened at the stadium. I think it's, it's more of a, a long-term view through the lens of we keep running the same team out there. They they are improved. They added Rodon, who's, you know, on the IL right now. Bader's going to get a full season. Not a full season, uh, but most of a full season, whenever he does return. You expect Volpe to provide some production from shortstop that you didn't get last year from IKF. Gleyber Torres off to a much better start than than he had last year. Looks like he's coming around and you were able to retain Judge. So there's a lot to be excited about. There's a reason why the Yankees have the second best odds of any team not named the Astros or the best odds of any team not named the Astros to come out the American League. It's just frustrating when you look at this lineup. And again, Donaldson Hicks, IKF, Ayashioka. What are we doing arresting Rizzo the day after he hit a home run? I don't understand it. Why does Judge need a day off from the outfield? It's the fifth game of the season. What are what are we doing? What are we doing? Travis is in the car. What's up, Travis? What's up, Ty? Big fan, man. How you doing? Thank you, man. What's what's going on? Hey, man. I, I had to call in because I can't I can't listen to this anymore. We, am I missing something? Are we are we zero five? Are we one and four? It's we're five games into the season and everyone's calling, complaining about losing. I, I understand about the rest and stuff, but why are we so surprised? We've been dealing with this for years and years now. It's just that's their what their analytics show. That's what they're going to do. The pitching has been, you know, pretty much lights out. It's only going to get better with Rodon coming back. You got Harrison Bader coming back. I mean, we got to just let this play out, man. It's been, it's been a week. I mean, come on. Yeah, What's I get it. Travis, I'll let you finish. Uh, to defend the callers who are complaining, again, holistically, the team is going to be fine. You look at it long-term, and they'll be okay. But I think this is more of an extension of what we've seen the last couple of years as opposed to us just looking at the five-game sample size. Uh, I definitely understand, and, and I, I agree with the frustration with Hicks. I mean, we're just going to keep throwing them out there. But then again, 
there's no other choice. I Cabrera, mean, why is Cabrera not playing? I get it, but we're paying Hicks. What are the, you know, the Yankees are. This is not George Steinbrenner anymore. You, <laughs> you know? can't pay guys. guys you know, play. But that cannot be the reason. You can't sell me on this being uh, all that matters is winning a championship. If you're going to play guys strictly because of their contract, if you're if, if you're no, not no, earning I, playing I, time, I, then you you can't play. Listen, I agree, but I mean, again, we're five games into the season. You, you got to give the guy a chance. I mean, yeah, if we're yeah, a month down the road and Hicks is batting 120, then no, he shouldn't be playing. And I absolutely agree. And then it's time to start thinking about calling up the other guys, maybe depending on you know what the record is. But we're five games in, man. Let's let's let this play out. I mean, pitching's been great. Judge is picking up where he left off. Hopefully, Volpe can continue to build and. You know, I, as a Yankee fan, I'm, I'm excited for this season. I, I really am. I hear that, Travis, and I do appreciate the call and, and, and you chiming in on the conversation. Uh, j- again, just to reiterate, I believe I'm, I'm, I am analyzing this accurately. It's not about the five-game sample size. This is an extension of what we've seen in this Boone-Cashman iteration of the Yankees post-2017 about how the team is constructed, how they they view their analytics and, and and what's important to them and how they you know put out their lineups and the whole resting thing and the fact that it simply hasn't worked <laughs> if the ultimate goal is to win a championship what they're doing has not worked and not only hasn't it worked we haven't seen anybody of importance at least publicly held accountable for it this isn't complaining about a 4-1 loss to the Phillies. You're going to lose games. And the Yankees have the built-in excuse, I guess the Phillies do as well with, with major injuries, that they, they have some significant guys missing time. But we're going to find ourselves in that danger zone, and I warned you guys about this on Sunday, of being the Yankee fan who, yes, you can enjoy the season. You can fantasize about Judge breaking Bronze's record, hitting 74. If the team runs away with this division, there are a lot of things you can look forward to because they are going to be really good. And hopefully Rodon comes back. Severino, I've got really no confidence in because the last four years has shown me he is more likely to be hurt than he is to pitch. The frustrating part is when he's on the mound, he looks like one of the best pitchers in baseball. He just can't stay on the mound. There's a lot to be excited about. You get Canely and Lou Trevino back. That that bolsters your bullpen. And the offense, as I said at the top of the show, five-plus runs in each of their first four games. We know they're going to score runs. That's what they do. They hit home runs. It's just about not trusting the brain trust, if you will, and seeing what the bigger picture is. No longer are fans going to be seduced by a dominant or a successful regular season because they know that waiting for them in the playoffs is yet another disappointment. And until proven otherwise, how can we argue with that? 800-919-3776. We'll get to your phone calls. I did tease that we'll talk about the Mets as well, get into football as we progress through the show. Basketball, NBA playoffs coming up. The Sixers did get that win, by the way. So it's pretty much closing the door and the Cavs moving up. We're looking at Cavs, Knicks in the first round. Could be looking at Suns, Warriors in the first round out west. Oh, I'm excited right here on 98.7 ESPN. Like my wife left me when I was nine years old, 
This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Just a quick update on happenings tonight in the NBA. Uh, the Knicks have clinched the five, the five seed officially. Why is that? That's because the Nets lost 107-102 at home to the Timberwolves, a game that they led at halftime by three points. Timberwolves then went on to win in uh, regulation 107-102. So the Knicks clinch a five seed. The Cavaliers beat the Magic 117-113, but because the Sixers found a way to beat the Celtics for the first time all season. They had lost the first three since Boston. On the strength of 52-13-6 from Joel Embiid, the Cavs are locked into the four seed. So we have a 4-5 matchup featuring the Knicks and the Cavs in the first round of the playoffs. That should be exciting. And then on the western side of the bracket, I am dreaming about Suns Warriors in the first round because I just think that would be fantastic. Storylines write themselves. Katie against his former team. Oh, that would be so much fun. 800 919 3776. Taking your calls on the Yankees before we get over to the football and the basketball. Let's go to Washingtonville to talk to Eli. What's up, Eli? Yeah, you know, Ty, it's funny. You're the only uh, guy in the radio well, for ESPN that actually is like we, we had a lockstep on the Yankees. Like, we, we feel that, you know, this brain trust of Brian Cashman and, and Aaron Boone, they're just – the word for that those teams are adequate. They're just adequate to do what it takes to make it to the playoffs and everything in a crapshoot. And this season is more of the same. Like, fine, you, we're not talking about the sample size, but listen, how, how many times are you going to put Aaron Hicks out there? Yeah. And And, and – for Lefa and and you don't you don't address the problem that you have year after year, which is the consistent bat. You know the bat struggles that the Yankees have, mm-hmm. and this is the same thing. You know, you now you want to say that Donaldson uh, changed his his batting stance and and it's going to improve his swing, and then you know you throw a whole bunch of, of defensive numbers at us or with Hicks. Look, we're crying out loud. This guy, Judge, had to to console this guy. There's no crying in baseball. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's safe to say for legal their own. There's no crying in baseball. You know what I'm saying? It's a game of production. You're getting paid millions of dollars to hit the ball. The guy can't even feel Like you Like, listen, the Yankees have to understand the frustration of Yankee fans that we hate to see this guy in pinstripes and we hate to see his face. That's it. That's what it is. <laughs> Hate to see his face. Listen, Eli, I I appreciate the phone call. I think that what's happening with Hicks is, remember, he was known as a, a pretty good defender. And the struggles at the plate, I think he's taken with him to the field. We saw that with Gleyber Torres a couple of years ago when he was a shortstop. Struggled at the plate, took that with him to the field. And it just messed with him psychologically. It was never able to get right. He moves back to second base. Hicks is just a lost cause, my G. I I, I don't see it turning around. And if you're going to float out there that his contract is the reason why he's in the lineup, you're not a real championship contender. You're not the Yankees that we know and love. And again, for all the people tweeting at me, at Tidy Butler, it's only five games into the, to the season. They're not going to go 5-0. and This is not about that. You're, you're missing the point. This isn't Yankee fan or Yankee fans complaining about the five-game sample size. 
might be a lost cause, my dear. Three and two. Took the first series at home against San Francisco. You'll probably win tomorrow and win this series against the Phillies. You got Garrett Cole in the mouth. Not worried about that. It's just long term and looking at the extension of what was last year, the year before that, the same decisions are being made. Doesn't feel like they're getting closer to beating a team like the Astros or, you know, the teams that they've lost to who were the better teams in the playoffs, the Rays, the Red Sox, the Astros. It's just the same formula, and we don't know that it's going to be successful. In fact, we have more reason to believe that it's not going to be successful because of recent evidence. And there's a generation of Yankee fans who, quite frankly, don't remember this team winning a championship. Jose in Brooklyn, what's up? Talk to me, man. Hey, how's it going, Ty? Going very well, man. Oh, by the way, I love I love your rant because believe it or not, like uh, I, with the Yankees, I've kind of you know become fat off the titles, and I don't really you know care as much you know with my Yankees and Devils because they've won, and I usually let the Knicks and the Jets drive me crazy. But with this Yankee team, it really annoys me that I like with Donaldson and Hicks and just you know I I really can't stand them. Like 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 the other guy just said, you just. We just don't want to see their faces. It's just exactly that. Every time I see them, I just know what they're going to do. They're just they're just an automatic out. And that and I'm not saying start the young guys, but when the caller says you know, when people are saying starting the young guys, it's literally a desperation where we think that the young guys, even with all their struggles, will be better than Hicks and Donaldson and what they're giving which, us. Which is and fair. Like, it's fair. Yeah, I, I'm just, yeah. I, I just, I, I reject this this notion that you'd rather the team take yeah. a step back, a team oh, that no, has yeah. the second best odds to win the American League, you'd rather them take a step back than to watch what you're watching right now. That That's that's the one where we can say pump the brakes. Oh, no, definitely, definitely pump the brakes on that. But, yeah, it, it just concerns me because – as a Yankee fan that's been watching this, I still feel like we like when we let go of Joe Girardi, we still have not been ever closer since that point. And we, we we've lost in six games, and we've lost in the sweep, and it's just been hor- it's just been horrible. And we know what's going to happen again if we face the Astros with this same type of roster. Yeah, man, and and I I, I can't disagree with with what you said. You also wanted to win on the Knicks. What do you got? Oh, oh, um, I, I, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm, more, I'm very happy that we got to lock in the five seed, and Cleveland's kind of stuck in the four seed. Um, we're, we're kind, it's gonna be kind of a great, great for sports talk radio, as I can't wait to listen because you're gonna have the people who are pro Donovan Mitchell trade, people who are anti Donovan Mitchell trade, and it's gonna be awesome for you know the next for for the next two weeks. Yeah, it is gonna be a fun, an excellent finish to the season. Appreciate the phone call. Uh, Jose from Brooklyn. I, it's so funny. I <laughs> so earlier today, and I actually played an audio for you coming up. Luka Doncic said that he misses playing with Jalen Brunson. So I'm just half kidding on Twitter, saying uh, Luka asks out because the Mavericks are going to miss the playoffs. To go from the Western Conference Finals to missing the playoffs completely is a disaster that is going to warrant a lot of change. You might see Jason Kidd lose his job. Luca, is he going to ask out? So I said, Luca misses Jalen Brunson so much. There's a way to reunite with him. You come to New York. And then, of course, I had the Nick fan in my mention saying, yeah, no thanks. No thanks. I'm good off Luca. He's a generational talent, but what if he's the problem? So there's a Nick fan out there who, if given the opportunity to acquire Luka Doncic, 
has no interest in doing such a thing. We go to Newark to talk to Mark. What's up, Mark? Hey, Ty, long time. I know, man. It's been a minute. Talk to me. Oh, man. Ty, uh, I'd go back as a Nets fan all the way back to being a kid watching Julius Irving with the red, white, and blue ball playing against Daryl Duncan's time. I dig it. That kind of thing. I dig it. I dig but, it. But this, this, Nets team, this Nets team got my heart. <laughs> they got my heart, bro. I can't wait till tomorrow. I want, I want this. I want us to win two more games. And nobody in the world is going to give us a shot against the Sixers. And I just want to see these boys do their thing. They're, they're just too much fun to watch, bro. I love, love, love these boys. They're like all my nephews or something. You know what I mean? And I, I man, wow. Yeah. And that was tough. And that was clearly a foul. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't yeah, know Spencer Dinwiddie. Spence would have made all yeah. three, right? Dinwiddie but, did get fouled. He, he got oh, fouled. Oh, man. Yes. I mean, just that right there. You know, I, I, again, I can't say whether he would have made all three or not. I, I would imagine he might have at least, but the chance wasn't there. The chance was not there. Other than that, though, I'm not going to be on the negative. We got this game tomorrow night. And, uh, Ty, man, I, I just – I need – you know, one thing I did notice, too, I wanted to bring up. Um, normally, when we're down at the last – couple of minutes of the game, like, like I love Spence one-on-one. I take him one-on-one with anybody. But the point is that usually when he does that drive and kick, there's one guy moving to the paint. Usually it's clap. Yes. For the lob. Tonight, right, did you see it? They were all standing around the perimeter. And if just, I was saying, one guy move. I I was yelling at the TV, one guy move, because that's what we normally do. And uh, nobody moved, and, and Spence had to. He had to take that. He had to take it on his own, and yeah, he the, still only lost right little. The Nets have had. And I appreciate the call. The Nets have had their struggles in crunch time. We saw them blow uh, a game against the Cavs, where they led by four with twenty nine seconds left in the, left in the game. They 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 that first matchup against the Sixers post Durant trade. They they lost even though they were leading late. So they're going to have their struggles late. And Mikel Bridges has been phenomenal. Coming into tonight, after being named the Eastern Conference Player of the Week, he's averaged 33 points on 50% shooting and 45% from three uh, in his last three games. He he's he's been incredible, and without CP3, Booker, and Aiton as the options ahead of him on a roster, we're getting an opportunity to see him become more than a three and D guy. So it's exciting. The NBA playoffs are going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls. Getting to the Yankee complaints. If you're leaving the stadium, hit us up. Weigh in on the the game. Herman pitched. Did not pitch well. Couldn't make out of the fifth inning. But, I mean, listen, when you've got three-fifths of your rotation out right now, I guess you got you to gotta take what you can get. There was an opportunity for Michael King to come in with inherited runners to limit the damage but you know it, it's it, it's a situation where he wasn't able to do that and that lead from 2 nothing went to 4 nothing and the Yankees were never able to recover 800-919-3776 back to your phone calls when we get back right here on 9870 ESPN This is the Ty Butler show on 98.7 ESPN so Anthony Donahue, you know, is a big Nick fan. Uh, I just saw him tweet uh, that the South, the, the Celtics, they don't want to see us in the second round. You, you, the same Celtics team that was two wins away from winning a championship last year, same Celtics team that it, it was up 
in the series 2-1 against Golden State, and if not for one of the 15 greatest players in NBA history, putting on an absolute show for three games would be champions. That Celtics team, they don't want to see the Knicks in the second round. Why? Because of a regular season series? Come on. Come on. I understand being confident, but that, that, come on. Cut it out. Got to mention the Mets here. Do they realize what the expectations are for this season? So the first two games of the series against Milwaukee, they've so far been outscored 19-0. A Milwaukee team that's got a payroll $200 million fewer than that of the Mets. Carrasco was bad yesterday. Scherzer was bad today. And look, you don't want to overreact and panic because it's it's too early. The season is so long. We we have like just going through the four seasons. We haven't even entered the second season of, of baseball. Going from spring to summer to fall, like there's still so much that has to happen before we can get a a a, a real look at what a team is. But I mean, nineteen to nothing in the last two games. That is quite alarming. And Scherzer was bad today. He he has developed a little bit of an injury history. He's getting older. You don't get older and healthier. Verlander is hurt, and he's getting older. That that window for the Mets isn't going to be open for as long as you would think. Now, you know, if they go out there and get Shohei Otani, obviously that changes the complexion of, uh, of this conversation. But this year is so crucial. Which is why I don't want to hear anything about the expectations being less than at at the very least making the World Series. When you've got a $327 million payroll, you better get to the World Series. We kept hearing about the 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 you know big bad Steve Cohen and the Mets watch out taking over the town. At some point, you have to do better than one playoff win in the last eight years. So let's not get it twisted. I I get the Edwin Diaz injury, a catastrophe. Verlander starting the season on the IL, not ideal. The Mets absolutely could use another bat because the offense was a question mark in the second half last season, and it continue and will continue to be that this year. But let's not get it twisted. This team has to, has to, at the very least, make the World Series. Or, in my eyes, that's a failure. Hat tip to, to to the producers. The Mets shot, uh, shut out by nine-plus runs in consecutive games for the first time in franchise history. That ain't what you want. Shouldn't panic. Shouldn't be overly concerned. But it obviously is something that you have to watch out for. The Yankees lost tonight 4-1. to one. Aaron Boone weighed in on how he thinks Aaron Hicks is handling the booze. Fine. Uh, you know... You know, obviously, it's you know not the greatest reaction, but that's you gotta you gotta deal with it, fight through it. Um, I don't think it had any effect on him. Thought he made a good play running to the foul line tonight on a ball coming back. Um, you know, had competitive at bats, just nothing to show for. But um, you know, I think he's handling it fine. Can we stop with the competitive at bats? What does that mean? He was zero for three with a strikeout. Competitive at bats. Like you gotta understand, your fan base isn't stupid. You've been you've been doing the competitive at bats thing for years. We've heard that about Joey Gallo. We heard it all last year about Aaron Hicks, Josh Donaldson. Everyone who struggles has competitive at bats. Can you stop with that? Can you chill with that? We're we're not stupid. We know what we're watching. 
This is this isn't some aberration. We've we've watched Hicks for four years already. Four years. Competitive at bats. Here was the captain, Aaron Judge, on what he told Hicks in the dugout. It's just, you know, being a teammate, talking to him. You know, most of it was just, you know, asking about what he saw at the plate. You know, get his mind off some things and get a little scouting report. You know, it's it's early in the season. You know, people are going to struggle, and if you struggle now in April or you struggle in August, it, stuff like that happens. So it's about just regrouping, moving on. You know, you made it out and get on to the next one. How about when you struggled from April to October for four straight years? And look, Aaron Judge, captain of the team, has to be positive and optimistic. And you can say the same thing about Aaron Boone. It's just this foolery of competitive at-bats. So tired of hearing about it. Hour number two coming up next. We'll get to football. Aaron Rodgers, the watch continues. I'm still counting the days until the Jets become a contender. And that is when Aaron Rodgers officially becomes a member of this team. They're a championship contender. We'll talk about some comments that were made earlier as far as the Jets and Aaron Rodgers are concerned. Right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN.